For the best listening experience, headphones are recommended. Warning. Some material presented here may be sensitive or mature for younger audiences. Depictions of violence, suggestive content, and profanity are involved. Listener discretion is advised. Previously on Project Gnosis. Finn and I watch an image of Yasmin speaking to us through a screen. So let's go over this. You got the manifest. You also got attacked by cyborg zombies. Zinolog is still in full swing. They should cancel or at least postpone the event. It won't happen. The news mentioned the local government doesn't want to cave into fear by altering the event. The screen split into two, revealing to Yasmin what seems to be the schematic of a bomb. Do the Aswans even have tech to create these devices? Not at all. Someone has to be backing them up. Set the bombs at the coordinates provided before the parade on Sunday. I can guarantee you that all of Cebu will be a domain and this is what my boss is planned. Yes. As for those seeking to stop us, I'll take care of them. I listen in what was said. Great. I am going to need some help. Chapter 4. Estro Ambush A memory of the past. After school. Here I see a mostly empty classroom all cleaned and orderly to the point it looked cleaner than an average hospital. I can see my schoolmates play sports outside the room. Some ball game, I believe. Beyond the schoolyard is the skyline of Beijing. The city itself had multiple massive skyscrapers jutting out like teeth of a great beast. Part of a large infrastructure plan enacted many years ago. I could see a slight reflection of myself on the window. It was me. Long before I died. My eyes were blue then. And I was far less pale. Still, people thought I was a weirdo back then too. I heard a voice of an older man, my English teacher. He looked like any typical Chinese man in his 60s, though there was something about him that stood out that I couldn't really describe to this day. He was always on my case. He had a rather harsh tone, but his accent was not of Beijing. Don't remember where he was from. He was very peculiar. Fei, what 对不起老师好像大家都在外面玩你知道我无法完成它这是一片一味的文章回到我那个时代我们手工写这样子文章不是大字真的吗啊不只喜欢看你受苦小女孩<笑> He always did that Back then He would give so many assignments I thought he was setting me up for failure. Now, I realize he was preparing me for so much. 
I wondered if he knew what direction my life was going to be back then. He always called me his little daughter, a nickname for what he says is for his favorite student. Of course, that also means he was always the hardest on me in class by giving me so much work to do. Then why are you not saying English right now? I was supposed to. Yes, gotta see if my little daughter really was studying. So, what do I have to do to get out of class? Not much. I just want to tell you about the book report you will be doing. You'll be due after the weekend. My teacher tosses the book from his desk to me. I catch it. I see that cover page had a Jiangshi attacking some victim. The creature itself has a stiff posture, and it's wearing some stereotypical Qing official uniform, and has a paper talisman over its face. In English, it translates to the Jiangshar Manus. Wait, does anyone else have to do this assignment? That's not important. What matters is that you finish the report in English. But tell me, what do you know about the Jiangshi? Hmm, not too much. It's what the West would call our zombies. Or is it a vampires? Doesn't matter what the West call it. Still monster, right? Inside our blood or flesh is supposed to feed on cheese, the vital essence, life of all things. And this is important because. Don't be smart ass. Because such stories are reflection of our society, especially from the past. Learn your past to know your future. The idea of a Jiangxi is born from anti-Mandarin sentiment. You know, I didn't. That's why you have to learn. So many people use the concept of a monster to demonize others or ideas that they don't understand. I want to be better than that. I looked to my teacher and nodded. I understand. Do the Jiangshir have weaknesses? Mural vinegars. The paper talisman used to bind them. Peach tree wood, rooster calls, a fire. I I could go on. Oof, that's a lot of weaknesses. Much of it comes from the time of superstition. Such stories have many ways that they are told. So next week, you have the report to do. Right, I should be going. Before you go, I have something to say. You may be not the best achieving student since your grades. Are average at the best, even when you try your hardest. But I always saw potential in you just by the little things you do, and I have been watching your actions very closely. Uh, uh, that's not weird at all. What did they tell you about being smartass? Five point deduction. Uh, but but I don't interrupt. You have a lot of work to be better. But I see you try your best to be a well-rounded person, even when others treat you like shit. You will be important for the future to come. The future to come? Yes, you will know what that means. I thought for a moment of his words. Then, for the, the future, future to come. To think I would become a juncture myself was not something I expected then. I'm not even that stereotypical variant found in that story I read. 
I am not wearing some stuffy chin garb, not really rotting at all thanks to the chi I already have. I don't have a stupid talisman to turn me into some thrall, and thank goodness my flesh does not stiffen, so I don't have to hop around like a rabbit. Even I wouldn't take myself seriously if that happened. Plus, I don't have to feed off of human for their chi, which is good. I can get much of it depending on how the chi flows in a room, especially in the presence of technology. Something related to unconventional forms of feng shui and cultivation, perhaps. It deviates from classic depictions. Access to the static is basically a well where I can sustain myself without worry. Then again, how I came to be was not even normal for most necromantic rituals. I thought back again what my teacher meant about the future to come until I felt a hard jab to the face. I reel back from the heat as a sense of clarity comes back. I am in a safe house. Quite large and spacious place in the outer neighborhoods of Cebu. It's a decent place to plan and rest for missions. Not much other than living essentials, a small armory that is currently empty, and a small surveillance station monitoring the exterior. Finn and I also repurposed the space to make room for sparring in martial arts. Some of my associates in Aegon are taken aback. I am more familiar with Western skills like Jiu-Jitsu or Capoeira than in things like Karate, Taekwondo or even Kung Fu. Not for the lack of trying, but I only learned official fighting skills rather recently in my time as an agent. Much of my other combat techniques are improvised based on environment. I also learned a bit or two from Bruce Lee's writings. But I learned more from it by clearing my mind through meditation than knowing fighting styles. Plus, Aegon recommended I lay low when I am in Asia, especially in the presence of local authorities that have ties to China. I... daydreaming again? I shook the brain fog out of my head and put myself in fighting stance. Finn and I are practicing hand-to-hand combat now, and I was spacing out. Okay, time to focus. I look at Finn's stance. An expert in close quarters combat would notice Finn as being deceptive in his posture. It seems relaxed, but it hides experience and strength that will make many spec ops feel like army privates. After all, Sun Tzu would say, Appear weak when you are strong, and strong when you are weak. Hmm. Seems Finn wants me to have the first move. Damn it. I try to make a quick offensive with multiple jabs at Finn's torso as well as low kicks to stumble or knock him down. However, Finn manages to block or even endure all of my attacks. Come on, Lass. That's all you got. I wouldn't say you fight like a wee girl, but more like a... Wet noodle, or even better, you fight like feckin' Anglo tool. I attempt to become more aggressive by making roundhouse kicks to Finn's head. Finn blocks those as well. Finn counters with strong side punches to get me off guard. I evade a couple and even blocked a few blows. Soon, Finn tries to grapple me and make me submit. Okay, this bit is kinda cheating, but I contort some of my body with some parts phasing through him in an attempt to grapple him instead and slam him down. 
Finn grunts and makes a mischievous smile as he headbutts me, causing my disorientation. Too slow to react. Finn counter grapples my body and slams me to the ground. I slowly regain my senses as I look up at Finn. Mm. No fair. Says the last that I told very specifically not to use her powers during training. Sorry. I just don't think I can beat you in a fair fight. Or even if I used all my powers. Lars. You don't need abilities to win the day. You just need guile and cunning. Thanks. Also, I didn't know headbutting people was considered strategy. <laughs> In the old iron, playing a bit dirty is sound strategy. Or is it just me? Finn beckons me to sit with him by a nearby bench. I follow and sit with him. I see. But I still need to better myself. You are a fast learner compared to most of my old warvan, Nathiana. You may not be the best martial artist, but I see you at your best when you improvise based on your surroundings. You'll be fine. I'm not much of a fighter anyway. Much easier that we can talk our way to victory than just punching things to solve issues. Some good bubbly. Hey, don't worry. We will get plenty of opportunities in the future. Although, these brutes don't seem like hope in negotiators. Also, Yaz updated me on the descriptions of the cyber zombies you gave last morning. Both she and I can recall they're the type that similarly belonged to this dangerous mercenary company from outside the Philippines with a reputation for depraved atrocities. So we do know there is someone else working with the Aswangs. Probably would be easier to get this mission done if we can find a native to help us know what the Aswangs and their allies really want. Hi. Aside from that issue, I am really proud of you. Uh, why? Can't an old man like me be happy that his student has learned so much in just a few years? <laughs> Those few years felt like a century. If that's the case with you, imagine having to live 150 of the craziest years of human history. People come and go, live and die, seen wars and scales I haven't seen in my early days. I know of all the stories you told me. They were what kept me sane after Aegon imprisoned me after... Well, you know. Didn't think my stories were all that interesting to begin with. Just some... Scrums or some fucked up bastards. I mean, you told me the stories where you fought alongside the Irish Brigade, the Sioux tribes, the Haitian witch doctors, the Yatun of Norway, the Steppe Orcs, the Jin of Uba, the Viet Cong. You went all over the world. Yeah, all to maintain the balance of power that's slowly slipping by the day. I could go all over the world, but I can never return home. Hmm. Something we have in common. You know it wasn't your fault. You didn't ask to be what you are now. I still caused a lot of grief. I honestly wouldn't mind if Aegon put me in the box and threw me into the ocean. That's where I'm... Perish the thought, lass. Sorry. I just wish if things were different. Finn put his arm around my shoulder, 
I looked up at him. Regret is the one thing worse than fear or anger. We all make mistakes, and we wish we never made them. But life is about owning up to all the choices we make, good and bad. What will you do with the past you carry, lass? I slowly slide my head by his side. He's like a father I wish I had. Live and learn. <laughs> no one can't deny you're a good student. Someday you can teach others what you learned. Xie Xie, that means a lot, Finn. So another round. Um. Odd. You have said no one should know this location. You think? Finn just raises his hand as he carefully approaches the door. He leans on it while I am behind him. If you are looking for something, you got the wrong house. My mistake, then. I thought you guys needed a native for your little problem. Finn quickly opens the door to reveal a Filipino, possibly a native to town. He wore a simple green shirt and some brown shorts. He had long hair tied into a ponytail like myself, though it was closer to the nape of his neck than up near the center of the skull like me. He also had piercing green eyes, similar to Finn, except those eyes shine like emeralds. People would describe my eyes as rubies set in obsidian. My slera is black after all. I walk over and observe him closely. Have you been listening in on us? Not only that. He takes out a photo to reveal me from my infiltration mission. <sighs> wow, I am getting even sloppier by the day. If you guys want to investigate in my city, you have to be a bit more subtle. I cross my arms. You got balls. I give you that. You have twenty seconds to explain yourself. I want these aswangs out of my home. They have been kidnapping people left and right. Didn't know it was just a bleeding to something bigger. Are you some kind of private investigator? Vigilante, actually. Great. Come on, I only punish people that deserve it. And how would you know they would deserve it? I have a sense about these things. Oh, okay, okay. So, you're telling me、uh, a skinny-looking lad like you has gotten better of these dossers? I wouldn't consider myself a regular guy. Can you let me in? Don't want to transform out in the open. Wait a minute. What exactly are you? Let me in, and all will be revealed. Don't you want to know what the Aswangs want or not? I look at Finn, and we both shrug. We let him in. He walks into the middle of the safe house. Half man, half horse. Oh. I should have expected it, but I can't help but have that sense of wonder when I see something new. What? Have you guys never seen a digbalang before? We shake our heads. <sighs> Here's the information. He shows us a microchip. Finn snorts in response. Couldn't help but be amused. <laughs> Just so you know, I am a bit offended when someone snorts at my horse noises. I am half horse. I can't help it. <clears throat> Anyways, 
I have conditions. I, uh, of course you do. Name them. First, whatever happens, we are doing this for the people living here. Not foreign governments, corporations, or secret organizations. Whatever agenda your superiors have, they are not the ones with the most to lose. The people here have everything to lose if things go wrong. Well, we are here to help the people of Cebu. That may be true, but consider the possibility your mission and the interest of my home may not be one and the same. Just know as soon as you do something that fucks my home over, we are going to have a problem. I want you to have your higher-ups pull some strings to convince the authorities to get off my back. I haven't been seen as the best law-abiding citizen here. We listen intently until... Please tell me you weren't followed. I wasn't. I walk over to the computer screen where it records footage from inconspicuous security cameras and sensors. In view was a couple of ethereal ghouls who looked like monstrous cross of vampiric humanoids with small wings and with faces that looked similar to some sort of monkey I read in a book once. I think it was a mandrill. They were trying and failing to phase into the complex armed with ethereal weapons. Guys, there's a lot of them outside. How did they even find us? The others walk over to see who is on screen. Oh shit. No wonder. Bebarlung! Shama? Aswang. Aswang ghouls that can astral project from their bodies to hunt down their victims. Some that can cast magic and see through walls. Probably how they found you. What's really odd is how they have ghostly AK-47s. Grand, we can worry about that later. One of the Babalang is casting a spell to penetrate the ward, protecting the safe house. We need to know if we can damage these projections. Blessed weapons will dissipate those forms back into their primary bodies. Ghostly entities can also combat them. I nod while drawing my knife. Aye. This spear was wielded by Lu Lamfada himself. Warrior God King of Ire and of the Pantheon of Tuatha de Danan. No man or creature can stand against it. I have no idea what any of those names mean, but I am just gonna assume that it is overkill. What about you, lad? Weapon of choice? The warehouse draws two stick weapons that have glowing inscriptions on them. He takes a combat stance as he looks around for Burbalang. I can use bladed weapons too, but I always have a soft spot for smacking assholes with these. The ward finally breaks outside and all the Burbalang aim for the building with their rifles. Looking at the screen, Finn widens his eyes and calls for us. Hey, stand by me. We are quick to stand next to Finn as he slams the non-pointed end of the spear to the ground, creating a shield of light just in time for the Burbalang to open fire, their ethereal bullets phasing through the building at us three. Fortunately, the shield blocks the projectiles that were coming through the walls. Okay. Didn't expect that. I smirk. Our guest is taken aback by Finn's capabilities. 
It shows we can impress too. We see as more than a dozen Berber lungs storm the safe house, charging at us with ferocity through the walls. Alright, baby. This is where the fun begins. Let's fucking go! Finn throws his spear at one of the ghouls and penetrates it through the astral form, causing it to dissipate. The spear hits the wall and teleports back into Finn's hand. More of a lung charge as the warehouse teleports behind some of them and does multiple smacks with his weapons. I dodge the attacks from the invaders and run up the wall, causing some of them to pursue me. I slide under them and slash them from below, causing one or two to dissipate up on the wall. Finn uses his spear martial skills to counter more attacks from the Aswang. His range with the spear manages to keep four of them from coming in close. Some of the Berbalang attempt to combo their attacks on Finn. Finn barely dodges them and whistles to me. I jump from the wall as Finn uses his spear for me to hold on to as I make a kick that arcs onto multiple Aswangs. Some of them are smacked back, just as the warehouse uses the momentum to strike them from behind, causing more dissipations. With the fight going on, the Berbalang decrease in number, narrowing down to 6 versus 3. The caster Berbalang uses its abilities to shoot astral energy at Finn. Finn deflects this by spinning his spear. The warehouse and I move to fight the other five. I notice the warehouse was behind me, and we take a quick glance at each other as we fight the Aswan. I am quick to steal a ghostly gun from one of the foes and shoot one of them multiple times before dissipating. The warehouse attempts the same, but the gun phases through his hand. Not a ghost, it seems. That takes him by surprise, and the Berbalang managed to slice a wound on him. He winces at the wound, but he retaliates with slamming both sticks to the sides of the Aswang's head, taking him out of the fight. Finn fights the caster more until he throws the spear up, catching the caster by surprise. Finn slides underneath the caster and the spear up on the ceiling teleports into Finn's hands, which appears inside the caster, destroying his astral form. Finn then throws the spear where me and the Filipino are fighting the remaining three. The spear penetrates two of them at once, leaving only one astral form left. Seeing that us three bested his team, the last Babalang looks at us, now waiting on his move. He looks at us with fear, and drops his rifle. The Aswang dissipates himself, leaving us three alone in a wrecked safe house. Relieved from victory, we relax our guard as we look at each other. Not bad, lad. Good work, lass. Could've gone better. I see the gun I stole dissipate from my hand. I see the warehouse wounded and go over to tend to him. You're hurt. <laughs> Just a flesh wound. I check the wound over his back. Okay, tough guy. I assume we can't stay here considering those were just projections. They will tell the others. And come back in greater numbers. <sighs> as much as I don't care for it, I know where we can go. I just hope Tito doesn't freak out. 
Project Gnosis is an MQ Media production, written and produced by Matthew Kieran. If you want to know more about Project Gnosis, check out more episodes on various podcasting platforms. You can also follow us on places like TikTok or Twitter for more updates. If you want to be a supporter, we have our website where you can join and have access to all sorts of content, such as behind the scenes. If you have any inquiries, message us at projectgnosisthestory at gmail.com. This is Project Gnosis. More to come soon.